What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at The Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow and listen along. This episode is brought to you by Matara's Italian Market. Matara's Italian Market and Catering Company is located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey at 72 Park Avenue and has everything you need for an authentic Italian table. Recently celebrating its 10-year anniversary, Matara's Italian Market brings all your senses alive as you walk in the door. Imported retail products, cheeses and cold cuts, freshly baked bread, and the creamiest fresh mozzarella. All can be ordered on the Matara's On Park app in Apple and Google stores. Above the market, a private space called The Loft can be reserved for intimate family parties all the way to corporate events. So give them a follow on Instagram, at Matara's Italian Market. Stop by and say ciao, Matara's. You'll walk in a stranger, leave his family. This is the Drop Podcast, where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulat. What's going on, everyone? Hope you had a great week. We're in the thick of it. Let's go. We're right in the middle of August. School's inching up. Yeah, it really is. I, I, it's, uh, you know, we should start getting, if, if we haven't already gotten, it's the middle of August is the, is the Sunday scaries of summer. I mean, you're, you're Labor Day's around the back corner. Back to school shopping. Back to school shopping, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this episode's coming out August 23rd, so... I mean, you really got a week before before Labor Day weekend, and then and then back to school. Um, and for all you teachers Scary. out there, uh, hope that uh, hope you're living your best lives for the next the next week or so, so that you can uh, you know before you get back into the thick of it. We got a great episode for you, but before we get into the episode, we want to remind you to go over to flukeapparelco.com, go check out our polos. Uh, we've said it now for. For a few weeks, what are you waiting for? Summer's winding down here. Uh, polo season has probably got another another month, two months, a, a solid solid month and a half, two months before before you can really start stop wearing polos. Um, so so get them now. I, I don't know what what's, what you've been waiting for. Head on over there. They look great. They feel great. If you're if you're more Mike, if you're a Mike, get the right size. If you're a Ryan. Size up. It's great material. It is that like athletic cut, form fitting. Uh, so, so if you like it a little looser or you're a little bigger, order a size up. Uh, other than that, they are tremendous. Yeah, I'll also add this too, Ryan. As, as much as as you know, we like to see these polos out on the golf course. You know, everybody wearing them, promoting the podcast and whatnot. They're they're good polos to wear to work too. If you're if you're a guy that goes into the office and looking just to wear like a a regular golf polo on a Friday or a Thursday, based upon what you do, like this is another good shirt to put in the wardrobe. So in my eyes, it's a very versatile shirt. You know, it can do a little bit of everything. You want to tee it up with it on, go for it. You want to go in the office with it on, go for it. I mean, that's the type of thing that that we have here, and it's not one-dimensional. So you guys got to go check it out, flukeapparelco.com. Go in the golf collection on the left-hand side there. Um, You'll see it right in there, three different styles, three different colors. Um, 
all different sizes. Go check it out. Go get yours today. Mike, that, that's actually a great point. That if you could wear it to the office, because some of these like golf polos, you know, they got, you got a white polo that's got like golf balls all over it or, or bags all over it. That's a golf course polo. You're not wearing that you know, quote unquote, out in public, right? You're not going to go, you know, you're not wearing that to a date night. You're not necessarily wearing that to the office. These are slick looking polos. They look great in all facets of life. Again, the office, the golf course, could wear them on a date. Doesn't matter what, you know, if you're wearing a polo, this is, this is a... It's versatile. But versatile. it is versatile. 100% it is. That's a great way to put it. So, again, head on over to flukeapparelco.com. Check them out. Uh, again, summer's winding down. You don't want to miss out on this. All right, so we've had a couple weeks now of where we've put out some golf course reviews and, and, and some interviews. This week, uh, I got the opportunity to go to Deal Golf and Country Club uh, sit down with Anthony Campanile. Anthony is a stud in New Jersey golf and has been for a long time. He is uh, 2023 New Jersey Mid-Am semifinalist. Uh, that was the one held at Deal where Michael Brown defeated Troy Venucci. Uh, so that was, you know, Anthony was a semifinalist in that. Uh, if you go back a little further, he's two-time NEC champion at Monmouth University. He's a top 50 athlete male athlete at Monmouth University. Um, and more importantly, he is the 2002 Ocean County Tournament champion over our guy, Mike Poro. Yeah, that one still stings to this day. I mean, I, I, that one still stings to this day. I, I can relive that, that playoff vividly in my mind, too. We're at Eagle Ridge. We're on the 10th hole on the playoff. It's... You know, it's sudden death. It's, you know, first one wins in a sense. And, you know, in regulation, I'd birdie the 10th hole. I was feeling good about 10. You know, I was like, I knew what I was doing. I was hitting a little baby cut all day, um, which is rare for me nowadays. But back in high school, I was hitting a little baby cut. <laughs> I get on that 10th that tee with my three wood, thinking I'm doing the exact same thing in regulation. And the old double cross comes out. And it goes from a baby fade to a little pull hook, ends up behind the tree, and it's all she wrote. Yeah, that's tough when you don't even give yourself a chance, right? Like, you'd rather, it'd be okay if you got beat, but, it, you know, you beat yourself there. Um, yeah. I do want to say this. Uh, Mike, I started the interview bringing that up with Anthony. It's the very first thing I mentioned. Uh, but Mike being hurt or upset by this is a joke in the interview. That's not the reason he was not in the interview or not here uh, the day that, that we recorded stuff at Deal. So, um, again, we kind of... okay. You can throw kinda, a few jabs we kinda, in there. Listen, we, listen, listen oh, we, I'm not there. You, you can jab me a little bit all you want. We threw like, the jabs, but I, I want to make sure our listeners know that, that you being uh, hurt or upset was not the reason you were not there that day. So... Um, that that might have been the reason I wasn't there. You don't know that. that you know what? Okay, yeah, oh, that's I might fair. Still hold, that's... I might still hold that grudge that I don't got that trophy hanging somewhere in my house. Um, you know that you know. But Anthony Anthony's a stud. If we continue talking um, short conference golf, he does win the short conference tournament um, back to back his junior and senior year, going back to two thousand three, two thousand four. So again, an absolute stud. 
so I sit down with him before we teed it off uh, at Deal. I talked to him for about 30 minutes. So um, really interesting guy, uh, tremendous golfer. So make sure you stick around for that. But what we want to do now is kind of talk about the day um, and, and talk about Deal and, and talk about you know my time there at at deal. So I think, Mike, what we're going to do is I think you're going to kind of interview me. I think you want to like flip yeah, it like, like that. Listen, I, I, I think for the audience, and if you don't know, you know, deal golf and country club, obviously it's located, located in deal, New Jersey. Um, it's a par 71. It's a Donald Ross designed golf course, um, tight fairways, you know, and I know that, you know, the golf course relatively well from, from playing it often. Um, but I think for, for the outside audience, you know, it's a, it is a private golf course, so the general public is not going out there unless you have a connection or know a member um, or you qualify for a tournament that, that's located there. Um, so why don't you give the audience a little bit about, you know, like let's start with the practice area. Like I know the range is on the other side of the street. Um, I think that entrance is a little scary to some extent when you're driving in. You got the <laughs> driving range on your, you know, you got the driving range on one side, you got the first tee on the other, like, you know, God forbid cars get belted, right. you know. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about the practice facility there? So as you're as you're coming down, it's got a really long driveway. And as Mike said, you got the driving range. If you're coming into the club, driving range is on your left, first hole's on your right. Um, so you're kind of in the danger zone for, for a, a hot second there. Uh, but if you're going to warm up there, it, it, it's, it's got a great practice facility. The putting green is right out in front of the, in front of the clubhouse. There, you go check into the pro shop. The, the putting green's huge. It's got some undulations in it. It's got, uh, without without really thinking, it's probably got eight holes in it. So remember we talked about down at Shoregate, such a big putting green that had no holes. Um, Deals is not as big as Shoregate, but it has a number of holes that you can go at. And then and then you go over the driving range and it. It's a, it has, it's a mat driving range, but it's not the mats that you think of at like a, at like a public driving range. Like they're, they did not spare any expense for them. They have some that are, uh, they got a flat one. They got one that would simulate kind of rough. Um, there's like a little netted area for lessons down on the far right hand side. Um, it, it's a, it's a great facility to warm up at. It, it really is. They, they got those two things right there, kind of in, right in the parking lot slash first tee kind of area. But then they also have, as you head out, one, two are on the first, uh, on the first side. I'll get to that in a second. But then as you cross the road, there's the halfway house over there and there's a practice chipping facility oh there is there is they have this enormous green that's got a whole bunch of holes in it i don't know how many people practice putting over there but i think it has at least one bunker i think it has two it's got a little bit of a run-up kind of fairway to it that's maybe 10 15 yards to to work on some short game stuff and then they got rough around it and it's kind of set in between the 10th tee and the eleventh green, it's kind of in this like, it's a, it's, you know, it's kind of tucked in there. But everything at Deal is kind of tucked in. It, it's a, 
they use all of the property, uh, I think, as well as you can. I mean, there's not a, there's not a lot of wasted space uh, because it's at the shore. You know, it's a block from the, from the ocean. It doesn't really have, or two blocks or whatever it is, it doesn't really have a lot of space to, to maneuver like some of these other courses where you could just take down some trees and put another hole in there or put a practice this in there. So for them to have such limited space, because the club is from 1898, it has, it has limited, you know, limited space. Stuff's been built up around it. For them to have a, a big putting green, a full driving range and this this chipping and short game area. Uh, I don't think I don't think you can beat that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I've played the golf course a few times, so I I just don't have the best recollection of it. So you know, obviously, I do remember that that drive in though. That's something that stands out vividly mm-hmm. to me, and I and I love I love the first tee box there. I think that how it just flows from the putting green. You know, a little concrete area that goes straight to the first tee. Like I, I kind of like that. It's simple. It's basic. It's clean. Yep. Um, I like it. You I can get people that. that watch. You get like if you if you're playing, yeah. it's like yeah. it's literally there's and and you haven't been there. They extended the the porch or the patio there, so now there's like some fire pits out there. Um, they've kind of redid some things, but like in theory, if you're playing like an afternoon round, people could be sitting outside having a having a drink, having lunch. And you're teeing off ten feet from them, so it's yeah, a it's a I, cool yeah. little like the American flags right there in yep. the putting green. Like I kind of I kind of like that a lot. That little area there. Um, There's a lot of so little I mean, things like that that are that are really good about the place that they didn't. It's yeah. something you wouldn't think about, like the American flag and the clock. But like you can get you can get a really good picture of the clock that says Deal Golf and Country Club, the flag blowing in the breeze above the putting green. Again, it's not something that you would think about, but it's something where you're like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, and, and then obviously as you go through the front nine there, um, a lot of cool holes from what I remember. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, I again, I haven't played there in a while, but on the front nine, the hole that stands out the most to me was number five. And if I remember correctly, that has like a wooder, was there wooder in front of the green? Yeah. Or... There's, it's in a driving, like something, and it's all like tree line down the left-hand side. Yeah. And you got the woods on the right. So um, if I go- Am I picturing five? You 100% are, yeah. If I could go a quick little history. So it was built in 1898, and it was built as nine holes. So the, the members call it the inner nine and the outer nine. So as we said, one kind of goes down the driveway, two goes down the road- and then the original nine would take 12 and stay on the inside of the hedges. And then at, at some point, I don't know the year, they expanded and built the other nine on the other side of the road. So right now, you kind of go down the driveway with one, you go along the road with two, and then you cross over Mammoth Road, and three through, three through 11 is on that side. And as I said, the halfway house is over there. That's where the chipping area is. Um, and then you got three kind of straight down again and you look at um hollywood golf club is across the way and then four is a tight dog leg right and then the hole you're you're talking about is five and i think because because of this mike it has the water in front so you can kind of decide to not bring the water into play and just hit Mm -hmm. a, a hybrid a wood out there and then you're hitting 
a hybrid or a wood into a green over water, which is tough, or you're taking driver out, you're bringing water into play, not so much driving it into the water, but bringing it in on the right-hand side. There's also a little creek as the water, <clears throat> as like the pond kind of, kind of shrinks, it becomes a little creek that kind of goes behind the green and along the side of hole four. And then, and then there's woods on, on the other side of that. And then, as you said, on the left-hand side, it's tree-lined, like heavy, heavy tree-lined. And the reason is, is because nine is coming the other way. And nine's mm -hmm. fairway is kind of up a little bit on like, I don't want to say it's like a vista, but, but kind of five goes downhill and then nine is, is definitely above you. So you can, you know, if you, if you hook it, you could hook it into nine's fairway. So they have all those trees there to kind of keep, <clears throat> keep the holes separate. But you, I've certainly lost quite a few balls on that left-hand side, hitting the trees and hitting into that yeah, fescue I mean, on the, I don't on know, the hillside. Yeah. I don't know why it's that, that hole for me out of like, all the ones on the front that stands out. And I don't know if it's because it's a little more like visually pleasing in terms of you got the water down there, you see the green just kind of surround it. You got to hit a very straight tee shot because if you hook it left, you're, you're looking at a big time number because you still got the water in front of the green. Mm -hmm. And if you, you're like, all right, I'll bail out right. But then you got the woods on the right. Like, I don't know why it is to me that five just always stood out. And if I remember correctly, two tiered green, yeah, two tiered green. You, yeah. you actually make a Look, great I'm point because I, you are, I'm that spot was on good. with five, dude. So, That's pretty good with number five. <laughs> uh, I uh, I hooked my drive left, but I hit it far enough where, um, I hit it far enough far enough where I didn't have tree branches. I really only had tree trunks to contain with. So I, I hit a beautiful shot to the back of the green. Um, I, I don't. You could give me a thousand more balls, I wouldn't hit a better shot, and. Uh, you know, I kept it low. It kind of, it kind of hit and checked. I was on like a down slope. I told Anthony, uh, uh, "This is a hit and hope shot. I'm, I'm just hoping to get it over the water and chip on or whatever." Um, but I was on the, you know, I putted the first one, but I was on the, you know, kind of the fringe in the back um, with just an, you know, an awful, uh, an awful lag putt. So I ended up three putting for, for bogey. But to your point, how'd you play in the front? How'd you play in the front? Uh, not very good. <laughs> oh. um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, not very good. My, my splits were, I think that was a 47-39. Uh, I, played, I played well on the back. So. Wow, look at you coming down. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I think the front nine for me, you know, I, I always thought that five was the one hole that stood out. And, you know, again, I, I, I kind of like it knowing that they call it the in and the out. That's kind of interesting in terms of like, you know, deciphering the difference how the course developed clearly it's you know it's it's well maintained and well kept for sure and and obviously your scores weren't very good on the front so <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to keep going down that road as much as well, you jammed me in the interview i don't want to talk about your doubles and your triples right now uh it was just um it, it's it's it, it's a great hole as, as far as the front goes so like w hole one is rather pedestrian you can hit driver or you can hit five iron and five iron is still going to get you eight iron, nine iron into the greens, not a very long hole. Two is a very long hole. Um, but you know, there's a bunker out in the way. And then there's actually a, uh, a sombrero bunker. They call it. It's a, a little mound in the middle. And then there's a, an Island of, of, uh, sand around it. Uh, but it's, 
you know, that's that's a nice hole. Three is rather straight. Uh, I don't want to say pedestrian because because really you don't you have to stay straight at this course. There's out of bounds the first six holes on the right hand side, so you you can't go out of you know you can't go out of bounds. Um, and then some of no, the, you can't. You can't. And, and, and you then some of the other holes like. Uh, hole seven or hole six is a par three uphill. It's a nice hole, uh, well guarded. Hole seven kind of comes into the property. Finally, you're not on the you're on the outer side, but you're kind of going on the outer ring, and then you're kind of swiveling into the middle. Um, very tiny green. I think it's the smallest one on property. Hole seven. Um, very like Donald Rossi, where it's kind of like. It's kind of like the ones at Pinehurst, where it's like a an overturned bowl. Um, eight's a great hole, par three. Uh, I guess I would say a two-tiered green, but it's the one that kind of slopes way down and then comes way up. Uh, very difficult, pending the pin position. Um, you could have some fun shots with that one, for sure. And then nine's a long par five. Straight away, if you're downwind, you can get there. If you're into the wind, it's very difficult to get there. But but yeah, the the front the front's good. Uh, I do like the back better. I think not only because I played yeah. better, but uh, I I think the, I think the I think the back has more character in its holes. Like there's there's some where you mentioned five's nice, but like I said, one's kind of straight. Two's nice. Uh, three's you know rather straight. Avoid the bunkers and you're fine. Four is a dogleg right. Uh, tight dog leg downhill, so you know you hit it like 200 yards, 210, 215, depending on where the tees are, and then you you have a 150 shot in to a green that you kind of can't see. <clears throat> it's, it takes a little strategy, but if you know the course, it's it's not terribly difficult. Five, as we talked about, sixth again, par three, seven kind of straightforward, eight par three, nine. You know they're just. There's there's good holes, but I think the character is more on the backside. Yeah, and then obviously when you start to dive into the back, you know, you know, I think one thing that stands out more so than to me about the back nine. Again, I'm I I don't have the best you know recollection like you do because you just you know got to tee it up and make fun of me while I wasn't there. So um, the course <laughs> that I like the the hole that I always. It's kind of cool is, is the 18th hole. And, and I know it's not just because it's a it's a the finishing hole and it's the last one. But I don't know many golf courses that end with a par three. And it it's unique in its own little aspect that it has, again, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm basing this all off like past history, but like it has that little area on the right side that just, eats up all the golf balls if you're short. Yep. Um, it's like it's got to roll it, off into like a, yeah, <coughs> a little, little like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, a, and out of bounds is, is right in that area. Yep, you know, like it, maybe it's a little lo- long long and left is out of bounds, right? You, you got yeah, the bunkers. You get, yeah. You, I don't know if you can, if you're bringing the water into play there, but there's like flower, there's like a little, the, the car path kind of goes behind the green. So if you do hit it long and hit the path, I guess you're worried about out of bounds behind it. But um, I'd say more so right. Like if you if you really flare uh, if you really flare it out there, there's like paddle tennis over there, and and you really gotta really gotta push it though. But that yeah. but there's I, two bunkers that right part in front. Three is great. <clears throat> it is. Uh, it's 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 and then because again I don't know I can't even think of a golf course in general 
private public that I've played that ends in a par three. Like I don't. So the uniqueness that that brings to it, the, and if correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the clubhouse right there, like on the left side of the green? Again, so so we talked about like teeing it up on the on the par on the first hole <clears throat> with people sitting there and watching. They're doing that because the 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 eighteenth tee box is like ten feet from the first tee box. So you're really right on top, and then going along the whole hole is the clubhouse to where you got people that could be eating dinner watching, or if you're on the green, the men's grill room is kind of right above the, the green there, and they could be watching from there too. So there's, there's a couple different uh, areas on that hole that, that people get to watch from, and... Like you said, Mike, I don't know of another hole, another a golf course that I've played that ends with a hole that's a par three. Yeah, I think I think that's really, and I think that's where when I think about when I think about deal in a lot of aspects, you know, I know people may say it's maybe a little bit on the shorter side in terms of the length and how far it is, and and maybe like some of the holes are similar, but they it definitely has some you know like unique characteristics that other golf courses in the shore area like doesn't have. And I think this fin- finishing hole is probably to me like the hole that stands out the most because of it being the 18th hole, being a par three, being right next to the clubhouse. Like I think that's such a cool different trait that most golf courses just don't have. Yeah. So I, I also imagine, and, and I've gotten to experience it because I've played in a few outings there, <clears throat> and a few of their, um, not the member guests, but a few of their, you know, like the clam bake and, and the beef steak and things like that. Very rarely do you get to be able to watch an entire hole if there's like a finishing group or if there's a playoff or something like that from one spot. Usually, you know, you, you're going to go, hey, we're going to go play the 18th. Well, everyone's got to walk to the 18th tee. And then as they come in, they hit their drives, and you got to walk to the middle of the fairway. Or you've just walked to the green, and you missed their drives. So you're only watching the approach. At Deal, you can watch that happen. And I actually mentioned it to Anthony, I think, when we were playing. Anthony was in a playoff um, in one of the outings I got to play in. And he, you know, we're, we're standing kind of on the 18th tee box. He played 17 and then got to go into 18. It was just a... It was a very, um, it, it, it definitely is a unique experience to be able to watch it. I imagine for their, their member member or their member guests, like it brings in another aspect of like, I guess just like coolness. I, I don't know of a better word for it that you can kind of bring in that it, it's, it's certainly unique to be able to watch there for sure. Yeah, listen, I, it's a definitely a fun little golf course. Um, it's challenging in its own aspects. And, and like you say, a lot of times about the place, it's like you got to hit the ball straight. Um, no doubt. Because otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're making big numbers because it is a, you know, it's a Donald Ross design. It's kind of, I think that kind of speaks for itself in terms of, you know, the architecture and, and the whole designs. Um, you know, so, you know, I'm, I, I mean, you know, what, so what was your final score? Like, it, what, how did you play overall? Was there, was there any birdies made? Uh, I, yeah, Uh-oh. I, I actually, um, I birdied. Now hold on, because I got to Let me pull up the. Would it be under stats? 
view scorecard. Yeah, so Mike, like I said, I, I played much better on the back. I shot 39 on the back. Um, I, I didn't have any birdies uh, on the day. Um, I had a couple doubles on the on the front. I shot 45 on the front, 39 on the back, so it was an 84 overall. Um, I, I was <clears throat> I was certainly happy with how I played overall. If you were to ask me, like, hey, 84, you're gonna buy or sell? I, I think I'd buy it. 42, 42 would be more what I would expect as opposed to 45, 39. But, um, but yeah, you got to keep the ball straight there. It, it really, it's really very punishing. As I said, out of bounds, the first six holes on the right-hand side. Uh, fescue everywhere else that's not um, that that's not in play. Uh, or, you know, that's a little bit off. They got a lot of fescue there. Um, but, then, but then, as you mentioned, you talk Donald Ross and you talk about the greens. The, the greens are, are tricky. They really are. So it, it's... Uh, that's its that's its big defense. It, again, it's it's not very long, um, but it's the it's the greens, it's the fescue, it's out of bounds. You, you gotta you gotta play straight. You really do. Is there a hole for you that stands out more so? Like obviously, I saw five and five and eighteen were the two for me. And again, it's been a you know as I've been saying, it's been some some time. But is there one hole for you that stands out as like? All right, that's that's the signature hole for me of the golf course. I know some courses don't like to talk about the signature hole, and we don't like to have one, but like that doesn't stop you or I from having one that stands out more so than the other. Is there one? You're right. So I'd be interested to see what the members think is their signature hole there. Like that's that's interesting to me, especially as someone who's uh, I have played it quite a bit. I've been very fortunate to. Um, to play there as, as much as I have. I would say this, the, the two holes that come to mind for me, <clears throat> if you're working backwards, are 17. 17 is this uh, long par four. Uh, it it kind of bends to the right, dog legs right, but there's a pond right in front there, greens downhill. So you have this, you know, you can hit it straight out, <clears throat> And then you have something like 200 into a green that's that's below you, and water on the right, water behind. Um, you're not standing on a straight. The, the fairway slopes from left to right, so the you're, if you're a righty, you're always above your ball. Um, there's a there's a bailout area that's um, that's on the left hand side that you can kind of take. So from the green, you kind of walk up a mound to get to the 18th tee. So you can kind of throw it at that mound and let it kick off to the right and kind of kind of bail out there to stay away from the water. Um, that's a great hole. A little risk-reward if you want to take aim at a, a cluster of trees and try to go over. You can give yourself something like... If you get over, you, you can cut it to have like 120 in, which is a much more controllable shot to a green there. Mm-hmm. The other, uh, the other hole for me is fifteen. Uh, long par four, bunker on the right, water kind of. There's like a little creek that kind of cuts the, cuts the fairway. For me, the water's not reachable, but if you're a big hitter, the, the water could be reachable. I, I, I think you'd be fine as well. No offense, but I, I think you'd, you know, um, but. 
if you're a super long hitter, you could you could start thinking about the water. And then it's a, a long hole. That kind of creek kind of cuts across the cuts across the fairway, and then makes a right hand turn into like a pond. And the pond is on the left hand side of the water. <clears throat> so for someone like you who draws the ball, I'd imagine that you'd aim at the bunker, draw it. You'd be on the left side of the fairway, and you're gonna have like 180 into the green. And, wow, you make it sound so simple. <laughs> and 180 is going to be, you're going to have to cover, uh, 170 is going to be over water. You know, so it, that that's a great hole as well. I really like that one. Uh, the par five right before it, the 14th is great. I, yeah, I, it's a, you know, dog leg right, gettable, but but a nice hole. Yeah, the, I, those are a couple that stand out. As I said, I, I like the back <clears throat> or the inner um, more so. Then I like the the front again. I I just feel like there's more, a little more character in some of those holes on the on the back. Again, not saying that there's not character on the front, but those those are a couple that stand out to me specifically. And then 18, I do love as well, uh, and I think I love it because I can thank uh, I, I won closest to the hole at an outing that I played in there, and I got my putter out of it. So uh, so that works out pretty nicely. Well, sounds like you had a great day over there. Yeah, it really was. And um, so we played with, uh, obviously, me and Anthony. Uh, another guy named Tyler and one of the pros joined us, um, Guy Brooks. So he, it, was a, it was a nice foursome. We Kepka? cruised around there. <laughs> no, not, not Kepka. Um, ah, okay. Just figured I'd throw that out there. No, good. I mean, good guess. But, uh, but no, so it was, uh, it was a nice foursome. We had a lot of fun cruised around there you know we were really out there pretty quickly there wasn't a lot of play because they had an outing later that day it went off at one o'clock and we got done like eleven thirty. so it was uh you know we, were, we cruised around there pretty quickly um anthony played poorly and i think shot 70 uh which is tough day yeah really really difficult tough day, day. Um, but it was it was really nice. It was it was nice of him to have us there, Tyler to have us there. Well, have me there, <clears throat> since it wasn't you and me. But it was uh, it was it was really a great day. It's one of those places where there's some places you go right, Matita Conk, right? You, you join Matita Conk for the golf course, the practice facilities. Like big golfers are going there because of the place that it is because of the golf course, right? Not necessarily because of the membership. I don't, I think deal is that way. It's a nice golf course. It, it really is. Um, I gave it a 90 on my, on my rating when I rated it, but I think it's all the other things that make it such a special place. It's the membership, the facilities, um, the, the employees there take care of you. Uh, you know, from from Pat Keenan, the head pro, all the way down to uh, the guy Roberto working in the in the locker room. Like they're they're first class people. They're personable. They take care of you. Um, you know, they they do a great job there. They really do. So uh, it's not one of those like I'm not knocking the course and saying like oh it's it's some BS course. But the but the clubhouse is great. The facilities, the amenities, the people. It's a it's a it's a great course. But it's also all those other stuff that kind of make it a special place. And kind of like what I'd imagine you, you talk about with Manasquan, that the course is great, but it's, it's also all the other amenities make it a special place. It's not just, uh, 
<clears throat> again, a place like Matita Conk. It's the course, it's the facilities, it's the like the practice facilities. Like you're, you're. That's the that's the pull to the place. This I think people are joining, uh, for so many many more reasons. And and maybe it has to do with COVID, but I do know that their membership increased in the last like five years. Like I think they opened up more memberships, and it, it's it's really grown as a club in the last like five to eight years for sure. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a great day, and I'm glad you know your back nine was a lot better than the front, and I'm glad you got a few jabs in. Uh, at my expense, but you know, du- duly note it for future purposes. Um, you know, and again, I, I, you know, I thank the guys over there at Deal for for allowing you to get out there and sit down to talk to Anthony. And you know, listen, just like the audience, I'm dying to listen and dying to hear. And I might have to fast forward through some parts, but you know, hey, you know, to each their own. They, right? They did say uh, they would love to have us out again and have it be us, uh, so that. You know, it can be. I gotta a, listen to. I gotta listen to the interview first. <laughs> I'll see how the interview goes, and then I might have to, you know, DM Anthony and see what's going on. <laughs> Do you have to defend your honor? Yep. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really great. So again, um, Anthony, thank you for for sitting down with with me. Tyler, thank you for having us out, and uh, and Brooksy, thanks for thanks for joining us. So that's gonna wrap up our uh, our recap here, or, or Mike grilling me of on deal. Uh, we're going to send you now to our interview with Anthony Campanile. As I said at the top, Anthony is a absolute stud, um, top 50 male athlete from Monmouth University. Uh, he's recently kind of gotten back into more state competitive stuff. Uh, 2023 Mid-Am semifinalist. Uh, he was a quarterfinalist at the four ball. If he had won and if Mike had won, if Mike and Austin had won, they would have they would have played each other uh, in that semifinal. So again, uh, just a just a, a great day and, and had a great interview. So here is my sit down with Anthony Campanile. Enjoy. All County Exteriors is a third generation premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business. In a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior remodeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. So today's guest is... Anthony Campanile, playing out of Deal Golf and Country Club. Anthony is a four-time top 10 Ocean County tournament uh, finisher back in high school. So early stud from the beginning. He goes on to Monmouth University, is a two-time NEC individual champion. He's one of Monmouth University's top 50 male athletes of all time. Recently this year, he was a quarterfinalist in the New Jersey four ball and a semifinalist at the New Jersey Mid-Am. 
which was held here at Deal Golf and Country Club. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I want to start at the beginning of that statement sure. and go back to really the main reason why this is a one-person show today. And I want to talk about the 2002 Ocean County Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Eagle, Eagle Ridge, maybe? Where was it? Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, if my partner was here, I might be able to give you a good answer. (laughs) Uh, You defeated somebody named Michael Poro. Yeah. Tell me about that. It was a long time ago. (laughs) We had fun. I mean, the Ocean County Tournament was always something we looked forward to. Um, That and the Shore Conference, which I was lucky enough to win a couple times as well, back-to-back. But uh, that was a long, what was that, 2002? So that was 21 years ago? Yeah. That's that's that was like my first. Then. Did I, I won in two thousand two? Won it in two thousand two. So that because you to beat be, you beat Mike in a in a playoff. So that had to be the first real win of your career of like my life. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Well, because you know you start in like the eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. And I played in something called the uh, the South Jersey Junior Golf Tour. Okay. Which was pretty new then, because I grew up down obviously in Ocean County by Long Beach Island and Manahawkin. Okay. And, um, and then in high school, you know, you put all that extra pressure on yourself because I didn't, I didn't grow up playing at a country club or playing in AJGA, IJGT was still a thing then. Wow, if you remember yeah. that league, that, that tour. So I didn't play in those. So that was like my, you know, that was my master's. That was my, <laughs> that was my, my major. So, yeah, it was fun. Which is, which is really pretty cool. And again, to, to finish top 10 as a freshman, I mean, I know it's Ocean County Golf, so sure. it's not the deepest, yeah. you yeah. know. But it's, it's still, that's super impressive. And then to win it as a sophomore. Yep. And then if I'm not mistaken, did you win it again? Did you, did you win it twice? No, or just I, the won, once? I won the short, con- I ended up winning the short conference my junior year at Sea Oaks. Okay. Now LBI National, right? LBI National, um, yeah. And then the, my senior year was at... Um, Howell Park. And you won it there as well? I won it there Okay, as well. so it was, it was just the one Ocean County. One tournament. Ocean County, my sophomore year, Shore Conference junior year, Shore Conference senior year. Mike is still clearly hurt because he couldn't. He still, he just, I, you yeah, know, I knew he was going to show up. You know, same thing, I you know, for me. So I grew up, basketball was my thing. Yep. And if I was doing a basketball podcast, I, I, you know, I don't know if I'd show up. <laughs> about my last, you know, my last high school loss was probably not something I want to talk about either. So, so starting at a young age, you were, you were really pretty good. So what is your, like, what is your background going back even further? Like, you, you you mentioned playing in some of those, those like junior tours. Is that something like is your family big golfers? Is your so my dad got me into the game in '93. Blue Heron Pines opened, 1993. He joined. It was a semi-private. He joined in 1994. So I, w- I was born in '86. So I was eight. So what we would do is my dad would go down. Did you graduate '04? I graduated. High school, I graduated Southern Regional 04. 04, okay, so we're the same year. So what we did was my dad would go down on a Saturday and play with his buddies, his foursome, and my brother and I, my older brother and I, who also went to Monmouth, um, would go down and practice while he was playing. And then Sunday, we would go down and I would play with him, my brother, him being my dad, my brother, and one of our other buddies who my dad was close with. Gotcha. And that was pretty standard from like, probably nine years old until like through high school. Okay. And Jason Lamp was the golf professional there mm-hmm. at the time, and he really taught me how to play golf. Wow. And then when he left Blue Heron Pines, he came to Deal. And I didn't really know what Deal was. Um, 
and then my brother got recruited by Monmouth, by Dennis Shea at Monmouth, to play golf at Monmouth. Mm -hmm. And this happened to be its, its home course, and Jason was here. So it was an easy fit for me. Like, if I'm going through time, Jason knew my golf swing. He was a teacher I could relate to. He wasn't overly technical, so you know, if I had something wrong, he would come and look and say, all right, you're staying back on your right side. I'll be back in 30 minutes. And that was our style of, of teaching. I didn't, his style of teaching, which resonated with me, I didn't love hitting golf balls. I still don't. I don't love hitting golf balls. I don't love chipping and putting and practicing. You're not going to just like grind out there. You're not going to. I'm not. Know. And I think that's probably one of the reasons I never went any further than college golf. Okay. You know, like there were some, some years where everybody's like, oh, you should try to go professional. I don't know. I just didn't. I don't think I love golf. I've devoted my life to, to playing golf, but I don't think I loved it enough to make it a career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't want, I didn't ever want it to feel like work. Yeah. I always wanted it to be. Keep it separate. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, I have like the best memories I have growing up around the golf course. I never wanted it to sour because, you know, I went into the golf business and then every Saturday, Sunday, holiday, I'm working, I'm there, I'm grinding out. Right. I didn't P want that. People don't understand what, what the golf industry is. Like when they go in, like you're, like yeah. during the summer there, you're, you're putting in. Like, like, what's Pat putting in here? Like 60, 70 hour weeks? I'll take the over. The summer? I'll yeah. take the over. You know, and we still want Pat to play at a high level as well. Right. So we still want him to play. So it puts a lot of pressure on his staff. Mm -hmm. And then I would imagine probably for him, like it is with me now, when I'm not working and I'm playing golf, I'm thinking about work. When I'm working, I'm thinking about golf. Mm -hmm. So it's probably the same for him. You yeah. know, when he's grinding out, he's like, I should probably be at the shop. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'd imagine. So. It's really tough. I mean, that's one of the things that I still work on is that, that work, life, golf, family, dad, that, that husband, like, balance. That know, separation. It's, it's difficult. So. Um, that's definitely something that, like, as, as someone who probably as a youngster was like, I want to play on the PGA Tour, to then, like, be a 21, 22-year-old and decide, like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty mature decision at, at that age to decide, like, hey, I, I have all these great memories. I don't want to. I don't want to sour on golf. I want to, yeah, I want to I, love golf. We, so at, at my time at Monmouth, my junior year, we were lucky enough to win the NEC as a team. So we got placed in the Western region. So it, just so, I mean, you know, you're familiar yeah. with this, but right. So you have your conference winners. Mm -hmm. You get some at-larges. They kind of shuffle you up and they place you in a region, right? Yeah. Western, it's, it's Eastern, like, Central. For those that don't know, it's kind of like March Madness. Correct. Like the bracket style, but you can't have, you don't have like one, tour. You, got, you got like six, seven, eight different tournaments throughout the country. Correct. That are one site. Yeah. So we get, we land in the Western region, which was held at ASU. And for me, who was a Northeast golfer my whole life, Never played down in Florida, really, except in college when we would go on golf trips. Go out to Arizona. I'm like, okay, great. I think I didn't play great, but I think I shot like it was three days. Maybe I was three or four over, and I wasn't even in the top 100. It's I'm crazy. Like, I think it's I'm, fucking I'm like, crazy. I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I can't yeah. do this. You know, this is not... Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, it's not for me. And, yeah. you know, like, it's not... It, as much as I wanted it to be, it was... Ah. Especially like coming out of New Jersey, right? The Northeast, we could even say like we're not golfing all year round. No. You're, you're you're not unless you're unless you're vacating like unless you're going to Florida or or the southwestern yep. part of the country. Basically, like Thanksgiving to 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 when middle of March. 
It's well, not really like golf. a holiday. When does high school golf start? Middle I mean, of March, so that's and a, it's horrible. Yeah, I wouldn't even call that golf no, weather. No, it's not. You know, we we want to try to make it that way because we're coming out of the winter. Yeah, but like March and April in New Jersey are still, are still awful. No, but every <laughs> right, but, but because everyone's been off since Thanksgiving, yeah. everyone's getting all horny for uh -huh. golf, and they're just like, let's. The greens are punched. Yeah, the, the wind's it's miserable. Everybody hates it. Yeah. It's still dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, you're getting done. I remember being done with high school. I think we got out of 212. We'd go to this place called Ocean Acres. If you're familiar mm -hmm. with Ocean Acres right. down in, in Manahawkin, that was Southern Regional's home course. And we'd practice and we'd get, I don't know, if we were lucky, get nine holes in. Yeah. I'd eat some Oreos on the bus ride home and then I'd show, you know, yeah. I'd go home. Right? right. And then and by the, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience in, in the spring. And by the time you get home from that like bus ride to to like okay now I got to get a ride home. By the time, it's been dark for an hour plus yeah. then. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's pretty miserable. But like we don't have that. Golfers up here don't realize, especially high school golfers, that you might be the best golfer in this area. Right. There are thousands of you in Florida. And Thousands. then you extrapolate Florida to Thousands. Georgia, Louisiana, right? There's just so many. And they're golfing all year round. And not like indoor simulators are bad, no. but it's not, it's not the same as and playing they, actual golf and practicing actual golf. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know what your take is on the equipment and things, but I look at it now and like growing up, like kids, we were good, but we were still playing with cut down stuff. Yeah. Like when we were eight, nine, ten, like we were just cutting down seven irons, <laughs> putting a grip on it and figuring it out. Yeah. You know, now you see these kids and... 11-year-old are shooting 61, 62. Because they've got right. sick equipment. They're getting, they're they getting like laser measured and. They don't get a shit, give a shit about anything, dude. Yeah. And they're fearless and they're just knocking the ball up to the hole and making birdies and, you know, the way kids are being brought into the game now is so much easier than. I think when we were up, you know, yeah. now you're seeing it. You're seeing like the teaching and you're seeing the track man. You're seeing all the technology. You're seeing. All this stuff, and it's the gap is just widening. The better players are getting better, and the, the terrible weekend warrior is still terrible. Right, the, ca right, the <laughs> casual person is still yeah. going to be because they're still back time. in the yeah. Brother, it's all about the time you can devote to the mm -hmm. game of golf, and if you can't devote the time, you're not going to get any better. No, and that's just like anything else. Golf isn't isn't unique in that area, but you know it's. But it's, it's certainly it's, that goes with yeah. like you said, it goes with anything in your yeah. life, right? You don't you don't. Devote time to a relationship. Yep. That relationship, yep. currently, you don't, re, you know, to the to the gym, to yep. the anything, to, yeah, all of it doesn't matter. Anything that's important to you, if you devote the time, you'll be fine. For sure. If not, you just want to throw in the towel, then you're going to get the results that you probably don't want. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I, I, we kind of touched upon it. How do you, you know, with with this like amateur, I don't want to say national schedule, but statewide mm -hmm. schedule, you playing mm -hmm. a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you? How do you try to balance that? You, you mentioned that like work-life golf balance. How do yeah. you balance that like competitor? Because I imagine that's why you do it. You, that there's still you got the competitive juices going. You're good at it. But now you're late 30s, we'll call it. Yeah, 37. And you got, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you got just 37. Uh, uh, a family. When was your birthday? Um, July 13th. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, you got a family. You got a you got a busy job, mm -hmm. and you got this competitive golf schedule in the summertime. How do you mm -hmm. balance that? I didn't play in state events for 10 years out of college. Okay. So this is a more recent. So I was building a business. I was like, I'm still with the same firm I started with when I was out of, when I started out of college in okay. 2008. Wow. So f 
from, I played in 08, 09, 2010, but then as I really started to build my business, I think from 2010 probably until 2021, mm -hmm. I didn't play. Yeah. I didn't play in competitive stuff. I didn't play in state ams, uh, you know, mid am. Mid, I couldn't. I think the jersey mid flipped when I turned 30, then they jumped it to 25. Oh. <laughs> you remember, right? It was always 30, 30, yeah. 30. Now I think it's 25. Um, but this year, you know, I'm trying to play. I was, I played in uh, state am, mid am, state mid am. I'm gonna do the uh, the met mid because I played. In, I got invited to the Stoddard Trophy. Okay. So cool. I played in that at Deepdale. That was a treat. Brian Hart and I were alternates for the U.S. Four Ball last year, so that got us into the Met Mid. Awesome. Uh, we'll do the U.S. Four Ball again. We'll do. I'll do U.S. Mid Am which I played great last year at Essex County. I tripled, I made a triple on a par five and I think I missed by one or two, Ooh. but you know, I, it goes back to me putting in the time, right? Like I've, I'm not like naive enough to think that I'm gonna come out and win all the time. I just wanna be able to compete, maybe get lucky once or twice, right? <laughs> you know, because I do I have three young daughters. You know, my, my wife stays at home now and, and she taught for years, but now she stays home. Um, so that freed up my schedule a little bit. Yeah. You know, but it's, I have to be careful, you know, like, like families first, then work, mm -hmm. then golf. Right. So not everything's tied for first. Exactly. And so. it can't, and, and, and there you go. If something's like, if, if what's number one yep. starts getting pulled by what's number three, you're going to pull back from number you three. Pull back. Sure. This is the bit, this is the, um, heaviest schedule I've played since probably 2009. Okay. 2010. Gotcha. So, you know, but then I come out there and I'm looking at the scores from the state open and I'm like, ah, Am I really going to go out there and shoot 11 under? Absolutely. You know, like, no, I'm not. You know, I shot 65 a couple weeks ago. Okay, fine. Down in Ocean City, that was, it was great. Yeah. It was fun. But that's like, it was a hit and giggle, dude. I was with my, with my family, with my yeah. cousins, with my, you know, with my buddies. You know, Wearing flip-flops and listening. Yeah, I'm not yeah. grinding out. Yeah, I mean, the music going. It was yeah. like 10 a.m. We're having whatever. Some cocktails. But, yeah. you know, it's different. It's a little bit of a that, different. That's a different vibe than playing ball and hold tournament style, mm -hmm. which I think goes to show shooting 65 on a final round day is that was sick. Is bananas. That was sick. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, wow, that's a good round of golf. That's a I think really had a bogey, good. maybe made eight birdies and had a bogey. Yeah, you know, it's just great golf coming down the stretch. Especially which what we started with, like that that course is must have been softer where there must have been something because the scores were relatively low overall. Mm -hmm. But on that on the third day at the at the open there. Scores were pretty high. That yeah. there weren't a ton of people under par on that third day. No, and I'm sure Hackensack was mint. The place is very good. Yeah. So those those were impressive scores. Yeah. You know, Troy's Troy's been knocking on the door with all these things so much, and he's he's so he's great, man. He's a good dude. He's a good player. Hits yeah. it straight. He's he's. He's amazing. He's, uh, it's he's awesome. the first time that we, because he invited us to Little Mill. Yep. Have you ever been to Little Mill? I have. It's been years. But okay. I have. It was. They hosted a state M years ago. Oh, did do they? You, do you remember that? That I, was probably. No. That might have been 05, 06. I might have been in college. Though. Okay. They. So. It, it, that place was was amazing. But watching, I was like, oh, like he must be like dynamite around the greens, which he is. But he pounds the ball. He does. It's incredible. For, for not being the biggest guy, no. man, he pounds it. No, he's like he's like yeah. five six and hitting it hitting it three fifteen, three twenty. Yeah, the first time I played with Troy was in the in the mid, the New Jersey mid at Matita Conk. 
in okay. the semifinals. He beat me in the semis. He just whittled me down, man. Yeah. I, my game was not sharp enough for that. <laughs> you know, I was getting tired. I played a lot of golf that week, right? Because you, you've got the stroke play. They kept pulling us off the golf course for, for weather. Oh, and then, then in and out of rhythm. I came back the next day to finish three holes to make it through the stroke play to get into the bracket. Then I won the two matches, and then I had Troy, and he just whittled me down, man. Yeah. I think I got up early, and it was just like, just started chipping away at my mental game that was not sharp. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> at like 15, I'm shaking hands. I'm like, hey, get out of here. I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point about like needing, needing to be sharp, like, I, I know Troy is grinding every day. Like he, he, he talks about, like when, when we went there, he's like, like, we asked him what a typical day was. He works. Then he gets to the course around four, he'll hit balls or he'll go play, but like it's every day that he's doing something. Yep. Maybe he's just going over there to putt, but he's, he's grinding away. And when you don't, not, not to, this isn't not a knock whatsoever, but like he doesn't have the, the third dimension that you have, yep. right? He doesn't yep. have young kids. So yep. yeah, he, like my day is like, let's get them up, get them in. I drop them off at school. You know, every once in a while I'll pick them up from school. But I'm home, man. I'm home for dinner. If I'm not working, I'm I'm home for dinner. So yeah. typically my late nights are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. And I'll be home for dinner Monday, Friday with them. But I don't have I don't have the time to just run over here. Yeah. You know, or really the desire either. Like, let's be candid, well, right? The, yeah. like, I'm not I'm not like waking up in the morning like going, oh man, I can't wait to get out there and hit some balls and chip and <laughs> and, and work on my 150 and in and and, and sharpen the you know sharpen the pencil here. I just don't have the grind. I don't. I don't have the desire. Yeah. You know, when we were leaving uh, the mid-am this year, and, and Michael Brown was was on the putting green, I said, "I'm like, Mike, you want to come over and, and have a beer?" And he's like, nah, I'm, "I'm good. I'm going to putt for a little while." He's out there for another hour. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that. No. I, I'm just look. I said I was sitting there with Brian Hart. We're having a, a, a couple pops, and I'm looking. At him, I'm like, man, like that's why he's he's playing so well, mm -hmm. and he just puts in the time. Yeah. And right. It's not a secret. It's not a we, secret. Yeah. I mean, he hits it straight. They putt well. They, you know, when they shoot 11 under, for the putter had to get hot. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So, like you said, not it's not a secret, but like that that juggle, like as as someone who's still got the competitive desire, like you do, mm -hmm. but doesn't have the the desire, but also maybe more importantly, the time to like grind. There's going to be uh, your expectations need to meet your yeah. Your match I think that's the your, hard part, right? Yeah. Because my expectations are still to go out there and win. Yeah. When the reality is, probably not. You yeah. know, my nine-year-old's getting into golf, right? So I caddy for her in the Under Armour tour. So there's a Junior Under Armour tour. Oh, I that's caddy awesome. For her all the time. Yeah. She's got the Junior PGA stuff. So like Friday they're going to Beacon Hill. Saturday they're coming here. Uh, they're playing against Navasink here. I think I'm going to be with her, yeah. watching her play golf, teaching her the game, which I think is better for me because I, I start to think around the golf course a little bit again because mm -hmm. I'm now teaching her when you hit it in the woods, you don't have to be the hero. Yeah. You know, you can still, you can still make a par. Still but, remind you know, yourself of that? <laughs> yeah, because what are we doing? We're trying to rope a four iron through, you know, a five-foot gap right. <laughs> to make the miracle birdie. And yeah. I'm like, you know, how many times is that actually going to happen? Never. Yeah. You know, when it does, it's what? Well, for me, one out of 50, one out of 100. Right. So for someone like me, it's one out of 10,000. <laughs> yeah, so chip it out. Try to wedge it on the green. And yeah. Make a putt. And if not, you hit a bad drive, take your licks, and move on. Right, exactly. You Don't know? avoid the blow-ups, right? Bogey's not going to hurt you. Yep. You know, doubles will kill you kind of thing. Yeah, and golf is so messed up, man, because it's a fine line, right? Like, I went into the state aim this year playing okay. I knew I wasn't as sharp as I, as I could be, but I knew Manasquan River. 
you know, and I was like, all right, keep the big numbers off the card, but then I start off with four, four bogeys in a row because I'm playing too defensive. Oh, you okay. know, so it's like, it's that always that put the pedal down, let's go, let's mm -hmm. try to be aggressive, make some birdies. Yeah. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, what am I doing? You know, like, why am I not just playing aggressive? Why am I just shooting a flag? So what if I make a double here and there? Big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I might change my strategy moving forward in, like, the Met Mid and the U.S. four ball and the, you know, I just... Work on it a little bit, maybe try to sharpen it up the week before, attack the flags, try to make some putts, and yeah. see if I get lucky. Yeah. Why not? See, like you said, see if the putter gets hot, you know. That's the difference, man. There were a lot of, there were a lot of tournaments in college where I, I'd walk off and go, man, if I was just a better putter inside of 10 feet, I'd probably, it's not like I'm a bad putter, I'm just, it's just too streaky. Yeah. You know, where you miss a three-footer here, miss a six-footer there. You do that twice around, and it's a four round. You're you're eight back. You're not even sniffing. Right. Which, you know? And that's the thing. Like when when you talk about that for one round, like oh, you missed two putts. Like okay, no big deal. You're right. That's that's seventy one yep. to seventy three. Yep. Like still a great round. Yep. But when you say over four rounds, it's like well, that's eight strokes. It's eight strokes. And now that's and and that's a huge. Not even closer. Yeah. Not, you know, now, now you went I, from eleven under to three under. And I, I find myself now like trying to play for exemptions. Like I'm tired of the one day qualifiers, which I'm, I apparently I did okay. I did okay. I them this year. I yeah. did okay. <laughs> Jumping broke, like you're fine. It's just another day though. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's the time. It's not necessarily going there and grinding out. I don't mind the grind. Yeah. I, I don't, I like it. Ball in the hole, you know, keep plotting along, see what can happen. But you know, I'm just trying to get, trying to get some exemptions. Right. That's why with the, the mid this year, they're like, all right, you're exempt to site next year. I'm like, great. Yeah. The four ball, we missed it. Because we lost in the quarters, right? So now we have to go and qualify someplace. Whatever. But I'm trying to play. Now I find myself like it's more important. <laughs> like looking at the state, I'm like, all right, how do I do exempt the site next year? Right. Like, all right, top 15? Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> like, all right, guess I'm doing something else. Maybe I'll win some, try to win something to get exempt for it. So, yeah. Very cool. Anyway. So we like to end with a couple standard questions here. Sure. Is there a course, we're taking deal away from it because mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's your home course, public or private? Preferably one of one of each. Mm -hmm. That's a must play in New Jersey. Oof. Also, we usually take Pine Valley out of it. That's a good one. Um, a must play. So I actually, growing up in South Jersey, I loved playing Ballymore. You ever hear of Ballymore? Yeah. Mike loves it there. I love yeah, Ballymore. He, was, he talks about it a it's lot. It's my lowest round ever there. What's that? 63. Okay. So I loved it. Yeah. South Jersey has so many golf courses, uh, and then North Jersey. So that's what is that? Is that is that private again? It always keeps flipping back and forth. I think it's I'm a public. Sure. Um, so that could be the public, and then private. A must play. So many good ones in Jersey, man. I I love the changes I, with Balti now. Yeah. Lower. Are awesome. <laughs> Ange took That's, the double G took Greg Angelo took me up there last year okay. for one day and the changes I thought the changes were awesome. And I tell everybody they're like, Wow, I don't know, I don't really love Baltimore so much. I'm like, maybe I'm just like a little kid like showing up there, just like the history and mm -hmm. like like people have walked here. Yeah. Like right here where I'm walking. Right. Like they hit this shot. Right. There's dudes that have walked yeah, here. Like, yeah. like, they get enamored by it. But I don't know. I think I think the lower at Balti is a treat. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it's not like Somerset's so solid. Um, I'm probably forgetting some, but. So I thought for sure you were going to say Galloway. So I like Galloway. Just because of Jason being down there. and, and I love, Actually, I love Galloway. Yeah. 
and I love Matitacon too. And they're okay. kind of similar vibes. Okay. I, in my opinion, they're, they're tight, they're old school, like Pine Barrens type stuff, yeah. where even like Galloway, I know you get the, uh, the water views there and you can see AC and stuff, but yeah, I mean, there are some places that I could play every day, even Hollywood, like Hollywood just keeps getting better. Yeah. You know? It's amazing the, what the the redo that they did over there yeah. was a couple years it looks, ago. It looks good. It really does. So when you can see, so I'm colorblind. I can I can see it's shades that I have trouble with. But like when I can see the differences in like the fairway and the rough, like that's a light green and that's a dark green, yeah. and even I can see it. Yeah, you know it's popping. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good golf in even Long Island. Like Long Island's just ridiculous. Yeah. So we have a nice little cradle here of like New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and then going, like, even if you go a little bit north, like the Yale course, and, mm -hmm. and then you go up, like, keep going private, but like the country club and, yeah. and those kind of things. I think West Point's a hidden gem up there, dude. dude I, so I, I played, my, my best friend went to West Point, yeah. and I, I still talk about the, the one par three where you're hitting from one mountain to oh, the yeah. other. Yeah. It's just, it's the coolest thing. So they would always host a college tournament there, and it was always in the fall when the, the, leaves, the leaves were changing yeah. and we're up in the mountains there and you're like this place is pretty mint mm -hmm. like on the side of like a ski slope on the side of the mountain you're so like all right cool. this place is mint like yeah. i love going there yeah um very cool yeah very cool so um l let me ask you this actually because i've heard everyone says uh baltus roll lower which yep. you said is is awesome the membership there from what i understand likes the upper course better sure. Is the lower course just too hard? Is that is that what you think there? In that, in that like, I don't think so. I think the way they keep it for the membership, it's super playable. I think they can turn those things up in a minute. Okay. You know, I actually think the, the upper might be harder. Interesting. It's just a little different. Like, yeah. You know, the way it's kind of in the the hills there, and you know, the greens are tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, that place beat me up when I played in the Carter Cup back in the day. Yeah. It beat me up. I think it was at 84 or something. I was like, you know. But I was starstruck. I was 16 or yeah. 15. Just I'm like, like you, know, you walk, you go through those gates and yeah, you're just I'm like, like this, it's this. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go here. Yeah. You know, now it's like, you know, I just want to make sure that my kids growing up don't take that stuff for granted. You know, because I remember I, it's not like, you know, I played a Blue Heron. I played a lot of nice places as a kid. But, you know, that was that was such a treat where I walked up there. Right. Like but it's 15, not like you grew I'm up like, on a country club nah. or you grew up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Very cool. So someone of, of your calibers playing constantly competitively is there something that you do before a tournament that is a must in your competitive um mindset like i, I think golfers are pretty quirky by nature like we got to have a certain number of tees in the yeah, pockets or nah. like there's nothing that you do that's like we've had people be like i don't tie my shoes till the first tee and no so like, you know what i did i started because i i wouldn't say i'm superstitious but you know like so when i mark my ball i I uh, block out the number. Okay. I don't like to see if it's a one, a two, a three, five, or whatever. All right. So I use a silver sharpie, so I never see what number it is. Why silver? Um, it because it, it covers. Like if I just use a black or a red, like you can still see the number. Oh. So that covers it, and I put it in a box, like a different color box. Gotcha. So, yeah. You know, I don't know, because when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, it's a five, so I. Am I going to make five birdies, maybe five doubles? What am I going to do? Like, why is it a five? I'm like, what? That's, so, so that's exactly so that's what it. I'm talking yeah, about. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm not as weird, I don't okay. think. Like when I was growing I up, I was a total psycho with it. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I got to mark it with a quarter. That's 
you know, 86 heads up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and I still three putt. So like, <laughs> clearly not the quarter. But I think know? that's I think that's just yeah. golfers. Like we're totally. super cool. Like you talk about how many golfers need, like like when we go play, yeah. I'm going to grab two tees yeah. and my ball marker and my divot tool. And they're going to be in my right pocket. Yeah. And I'm going to have an extra ball in my left pocket. Yeah. And for whatever reason, because I'm nuts, I feel like that balances me out. Yeah, like if I don't make There's anything no on the front nine, I'll like, switch my ball marker on the back nine. Okay. There you go. Right, so you're making me think about some of the quirks I still so, have, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, I always keep a glove in my pocket, but I never wear it. You, you don't wear a glove playing golf? I hate it. Really? So, like, today, tomorrow, when it's, like, 100? Yeah. Yeah, I'll throw it on every once in a while. But if I'm around the greens from inside 100, never, really? ever. Hated wearing a glove. Okay. Full cord grips, no glove. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you use, like, a, you got like a powder guy? or Nothing. Just... Wow. Nothing. Oh, I sweat too much for that. Do you? <laughs> no, you know what? I'm, I, I don't sweat that much, which I guess is, is a good thing. But uh, so I'm able to not have to wear the glove all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like on, off, on, off, on, off. But I only slip it on every once in a while when I have to. Okay. I hate it. Is it a weather glove? For Like you said, when it's super, like when it's. No, it's like, a normal glove. Yeah. Okay. Just normal glove. Yeah. Because oh. I, I didn't realize, and it was a good idea. I, was, I saw somebody who was like. Um, he had, his, he had a weather glove, like a rain glove, yeah. when it was like 1,000% humidity. Yeah, makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. 100%, yeah. but it never so, crossed my mind. You're soaking through it with your sweat anyway. Yeah. Right? Like you get to these, and it's sometimes you, know, you get the sweat rings all over it, and you're like, oh, my God, is this just going to go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, no, I hate wearing the glove. Okay. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple there that couple you got. Um, and I think I know the answer, uh, and, I, and I did already text Mike. Because he likes to verify. Yeah, uh, we're a New Jersey podcast. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the greatest debate in New Jersey history. Okay. There's a particular type of breakfast meat. What's that breakfast pork meat roll. called? There we go. It's pork roll. That's my guy. Yeah. So it's pork roll, hands down. <laughs> hands down. Not even close. It's. Uh, it's How, what are the stats so far? What are we at? I think we got them. I think we got a majority pork roll. I'd have to go back and look, but it, it's is it a North Jersey, South Jersey thing? It 100 percent is, but it's not even like or where. Um, I'm finding it's like Driscoll Bridge ish. Yeah, that's definitely where like like people who are north of the Driscoll Bridge. Taylor Ham. It, it's a it's a Taylor Ham thing, and that's not even fair because um, people at Rutgers. Call it pork roll. Pork roll, from what I'm understanding, and maybe that's because the the majority of the state. Like, because now you're talking about cutting it up into like, and the state is broken up into thirds: north, central, south. So, like, if you maybe talk about because two thirds, trucks, being though, in, maybe at, at, at Rutgers isn't a lot of food trucks. Yeah. So, like, you're not getting Taylor ham from a food truck. To right. Eat pork roll from a food truck. Exactly. Right? So, like, I mean, it's just like weird <laughs> things. You know, there's a Taylor ham. I mean, nah, that's that's an easy debate. But yeah. I mean, it's pork roll. There's so no, uh, yeah, we're the same way. Yeah. But like that's that seems to be about where it is. Like the Driscoll Bridge ish. Like it starts getting in that gray area, then the further up you go, again Rutgers, I, I'd say is a is a majority. I think you go to Rutgers and like, like go through the campus, you're gonna you're gonna get majority pork roll. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like we had, you know, we've had people from Bergen County, and they're you know they're Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham people, and we just don't talk to them it's anymore. It's a crime. Let's go. It's a crime calling a Taylor <laughs> Ham. Uh, up. Hey, this was awesome. Thanks for having uh, me. We got to go this hit the great. course. This Definitely. really was. I really appreciate you, you uh, having me here. And, and thanks um, for having me. Hey, no problem at all. Anytime cool. you want to come back, thanks. It'd be awesome. Let's go hit them.